What is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 48. And oh my god, dude, do we ever have some shit to talk about? The Toronto Maple Leafs are off to the second round for the first time in way too long. Woo, baby! Fucking woo! Oh, and also the Bruins are out. Woo! The shit is crazy. I don't know what fucking dimension we are living in right now, but the Leafs are in the second round and the Bruins choked in the first round. So we are going to dissect all of that banana shit in this episode. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to start with the Leafs, okay? We got to go with the Leafs because this is insane. So um, people that are probably newer to the podcast, you may not know this about me, but when I first started watching the Toronto Maple Leafs as a diehard fan was the last time they made it through the first round. So the first time I watched hockey was 2003-2004, became a diehard fan of the Leafs ever since then, and have proceeded to see nothing but failure over that, what, 15, 17-year, 6th? thousand fucking days shit or whatever the hell they were saying on the broadcast it is over it's done we did it we're through to the second round all you fuckers have that's it i don't want to hear oh they can't make it past the first round anymore now it's all gonna be they can't make it past the second round can't make it past the third round can't win a stanley cup fine as long as the first round shit is over i am so happy that is over now thank god so let's try and break down uh the remaining games that were left in the tampa bay series we'll talk quickly about that we'll break down the florida versus toronto maple leafs game one and the series as a whole and then we're gonna go through all the rest of the series that happened over the last week especially the bruins we're gonna take a special amount of time at the with the bruins today so don't worry we'll get to all of that but I can't help it. I got to go with the Leafs first. So we'll go back to game five where Toronto lost this game 4-2 to to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I won't lie, man. After they lost that game, I definitely felt the voodoo a little bit. I felt the voodoo. I was like, oh, no. Here comes those demons again. They're starting to creep back up into this series. And, oh, no. Are the Leafs going to be able to get out of it? Because, not going to lie, Tampa Bay was the better team in this series by far. They outplayed the Leafs in, I would say, every game except for one game. Game six was closer, but I still think Tampa Bay had the better game six. And, I mean, people will have that. It's like, oh, the Leafs weren't even the better team. But how many times have the Leafs been the better team in their series and they don't win? And, I mean, playoffs are a completely different animal, right? And you need those wins, man. You need those wins. And those are the wins that the Leafs never got for so long when they when adversity comes their way they would rare they would virtually always crack crumble fall apart and just give up but this series was different man they came back down games they won games in overtime three overtime wins in fact on the road which i believe is an nhl first which is insane like oh my god dude like the series it was a little hard to watch i mean just because of how much better Tampa Bay was playing than the Leafs for the most part, but Jesus, man, that game five, like Morgan Riley scoring the early goal, and then that thing I've been talking about for months now is when the Leafs get scored on, they lose focus, they get, and they'll, and the teams will jump on them. Tampa Bay does it 
In game five, they come right back and they score right after Morgan Riley scores. And that's pretty much it, man. Like that, the momentum completely shifted to Tampa Bay after that. And throughout game five, man, the whistles were pretty much put away. Like, I mean, we all knew it was coming, right? The longer that a series goes, the more the whistles are going to get put away, which I think the Leafs need to start realizing that because, um, They've done this two, at least two years in my memory in a row where the, in game one, they blow their load, they get way too excited, and someone gets suspended. Kyle Clifford got suspended last year. This year, Michael Bunting got suspended. So I know there's a lot of uh, adrenaline and excitement for the first game of the first round, but Leafs need to calm down a little bit there. And that goes for the first game in series in round two. If they go on to round three or four, you got to just relax a little bit test the waters test the referee waters out before you fucking take someone's head off because refereeing i'm not going to talk about it too much in in this podcast but it's pretty well known the refereeing has been god awful in every single series every single team every fucking fan of every single team has has justification to bitch about the refereeing because every single team has been screwed. Tampa got screwed. Leafs got screwed. Islanders got screwed. Avs got screwed. Everyone got screwed. So that's the only thing that we can hang on to right now as hockey fans. It's like, hey, at least the referees are fucking over everybody, right? And not just one team. So you got that going for you. Yes, the the refereeing is abysmal. I mean, it's been terrible, but... I can't, I'm not getting upset about it because I already know this. I know it's terrible. I know it's going to be bad in the playoffs. All the rules are going to be changed. There's going to be tons of controversy around calls and non-calls and all of that. I've been watching hockey for over 20 years. I know the game by now. So I'm not going to get too worked up about how terrible the referees are. But yeah, they're terrible. They've been absolutely terrible. So we'll move on from that. We'll move on from, from game five because fuck that. Yeah, the Leafs went 0-10 in elimination games. I mean, such a fucking weird team, man. The one weird stat that's going around is that the Leafs are undefeated in games where they are the only one up for elimination. So if the Leafs are up for elimination, they never lose. But if both teams are up for elimination, they always lose. So... Thankfully, that is uh, somewhat over now, so we'll move on to Game 6, and dude, that whole day leading up to Game 6, I was nervous, I was extremely worried, I had confidence, like I I didn't have as much fear as I did with other Toronto Maple Leafs teams, this, I would have to say, is the best Toronto Maple Leafs team I have ever seen on the ice in my viewing time, I have never seen a team so full, so like the depth is out of control. The superstars on this team, I've never seen this amount of superstars on the Toronto Maple Leafs all at the same time. The the defense, I have never seen a more complete defense out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, it's not the best defense of all time, but it may very well be the best Toronto Maple Leafs defensive core we've ever seen. And yeah, there's been a ton of terrible, terrible Toronto Maple Leafs defense, of course, but this one... I feel good about it, man. I literally feel, I actually feel good about it. And then Samsonov back there, a dude that actually stole us games. Like, 
I I know Reimer stole us some games. I I am not cool with people being not nice to Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell played fucking good for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs. So anyone who says otherwise, go fuck yourself because Jack Campbell played incredible for us. It wasn't his fault. And yeah, maybe he let in a muffin goal every now and again, but he was excellent. And I mean, Samsonov right now, he legitimately stole us a game from Tampa Bay and my God, like he's, he's, he's not the most consistent guy. Like I'm not going to be like, Oh, as long as he's in the net, I feel a hundred percent amazing about how it's going to go down. But for the most part, whatever series that the Leafs are going into, they're going to be probably losing the goaltender battle. So, I mean, Samsonov versus Vasilevsky, everyone on paper is choosing Vasilevsky, but Hey, Samsonov beat him, man. He beat him. He outdueled Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky looked like a human being in that series. He didn't, not at all. Like maybe that one game there, game five, he looked like, I was like, oh fuck, here we go. Vasilevsky's starting to look like Vasilevsky's again. And yeah, I was getting really nervous because if, if this got pushed to game seven, I was 98% sure that Tampa's taking it. Like I, I would lose virtually all faith in this team if they, if they had to go to seven again. It's just, at that point, the pressure would have been just way too crazy, and they would have choked. I mean, it just probably would have happened. But thankfully, we don't have to talk about it because they ended it in fucking six, baby. Just like I fucking predicted. Also, I'll just say right now, my bracket is completely destroyed. So, all I'm going to say is that I got the Toronto Maple Leafs beating Tampa Bay in six. I got that correct. So, that's great. And that's pretty much all I'm going to say about my bracket because it's completely shot. So game six goes down. So Michael Bunting was held out of game five. They didn't put him in. They put him back in for game six. They also put in Lilligren, took out Hall, finally, and they put in Gustafson. So, I mean, dude, this has been going on for way too long. Sheldon Keefe, Dubas, the Justin Hall thing. Stop. I am so happy it's over now. If I don't know how much longer they could have done this. Like, how much longer could you have had this guy in your lineup? He was, I believe the stat was Justin Hall was on the ice for 11 of 14 or 15 goals. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, I don't care if he is the greatest penalty killer of all time. He is a liability everywhere else on the ice. So he's got to go. And they finally did it. They finally did it. And guess what? They freaking won the game. So Justin Hall at this point, I know he's a great guy. Great. You are a cheerleader now. You are a cheerleader. I want you in that press box every night shrieking up there. I want people to hear you shrieking about just going nuts for your team, okay? You're still going to get your name on the cup. That's all great. I don't care. I don't want to see your fucking face on the ice anymore, Justin Hall, unless there is a serious injury, okay? Okay, let's move past that. So Lilligren in, looking good, man. I mean, he wasn't incredible, but he was better than Justin Hall. So I feel really good about that decision. And they went 11-7 in this game, which is interesting. And uh, they they didn't go back to that in game one against Florida. We'll talk about that in a moment, but... They go 11-7 in this game, and why is that an interest, interesting strategy? Well, if, you, um, if you're aware of, of, Edmonton, of the Edmonton Oilers, that is the strategy that they've been using extremely effectively over there. They've been running 11-7, and what that is, you got 11 forwards, 7 defensemen. What that means is that 
You have one less forward, that means they're going to be throwing out Dreisaitl or McDavid on an extra shift, which is going to just throw gears and just cogs in the machine for whatever coach is trying to match up lines with with the Edmonton Oilers. So the Leafs could do something similar to that where they can throw out Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, any one of those guys. They can throw them out there on an extra shift. And you put Willie, any one of those guys on the fourth line for a shift, man, that's going to that's definitely going to make the coach, you know, be like, oh, fuck, like, that fourth line is deadly now. They got a Matthews out there. So that's what Edmonton's been doing. It's been working out extremely well for them. The only downside to that is is the defensemen, they don't get to have as much engagement into the game as much as they probably would like to because you got a lot of extra defensemen. So usually the extra defenseman, let's just say it's Gustafson at this point, which he more than likely was the extra guy. Gustafson would be out there for power play situations, um, the odd five-on-five situation. They're going to try and limit those minutes because Gustafson is uh, not very strong defensively, good passer, good offensive ability. So they're going to shelter his minutes. The only problem is I hear... Uh, at least from defensemen when I've heard interviews about the 11-7. Defensemen don't like it because they don't get to be as engaged into the game. And I understand that, but uh, for the Leafs, um, maybe it's something that they should look into because it's working so freaking good for the Edmonton Oilers. Why I think it could work with, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. What would be wrong with having an extra shift or two with Marner, Matthews, or, or Tavares out there? I mean... I'm I'm good with that. I think it I think that would be okay. I would not be surprised if maybe Sheldon Keefe tries it out maybe in game two or somewhere down the line in the series, but back to game six, man. I mean fucking what a goddamn freaking roller coaster, man. Um TJ Brody. TJ freaking Brody, man. Oh my god. I mean, I have nothing against Tyson Berry. I think he's a he's a fine offensive defenseman. He was not what the Leafs needed at all. I don't put any blame on Nazem Kadri for nixing that trade. If you don't remember, TJ Brody was supposed to be a Toronto Maple Leaf before he was a Toronto Maple Leaf. Kadri was supposed to be traded to Calgary for TJ Brody and probably something else. Kadri said, nah, man, I'm not going. So they made another deal with the Colorado Avalanche, getting Tyson Berry and Kerfoot at that time. Nazem Kadri took the hint and he was like, oh, you don't want me no more. Oh, okay, I'm out. So Tyson Berry comes in. He's not what the Leafs needed at all. He was a terrible fit underneath the Babcock system. Sheldon Keefe comes in. He kind of redeems himself, but it just wasn't what the Leafs needed. TJ Brody comes in, and oh my goodness, if he, if he is not 9 out of 10 of what the Leafs needed exactly, this guy is a uh, odd man rush specialist. This guy's got a very good active stick. No, he's not the most physically dominating defenseman out there. He's not going to be trucking people over. He's not going to be necessarily moving people out of the front of the net, but he's incredibly smart, defensively responsible, and he might have been the best best player on the ice in game six on both teams. I mean, TJ Brody was out of control. He, that, I, I'm saying it. I think that was the best game I have ever seen him play. He was so noticeable out there. He was so freaking good. And that play that he did, man, to keep that puck in the zone, got it to Matthews, Matthews scores, holy shit, dude, like, I am going to get a full back piece of TJ Brody with that beautiful little face of his and his no teeth, I I want it, there's a lot of back pieces I'm going to be getting, I think it was 
what was it? I said it the other day, like Nolachari or something. He hit some, no, McCabe absolutely leveled someone. I'm like, I'm getting a full back piece of McCabe just leveling a bitch. Like, oh my God, yes. So the Leafs are playing, it's all going good. And then it has to go to overtime. Oh my God, dude, my heart was just not okay. If, if there was a doctor in the room, there would be an emergency. There would be a cold blue, cold black, something terrible would be happening. Every shot that got taken in that overtime, I was like, oh, God, I can't look. I don't want to look. And then it fucking happens. A play out of nowhere. And, dude, I can't tell you how many times I've watched this play over again. That scream. I think it was a Tampa Bay Lightning player that just went like, ah! And I was like, this is it. And then John Tavares, out of nowhere, comes out from behind the net after almost blowing it with TJ Brody, almost giving the puck away. That could have been that could have been it right there. But it doesn't happen this time. It doesn't fucking happen this time. Every other year, that puck is getting taken away, but not this year. John Tavares gets it back, front of the net, swings it, turns and fires, and it's fucking in the net and I just I just got out of surgery today I just had knee surgery and thankfully I had that booked already because I damn near blew out both of my knees celebrating when that goal went in I jumped off the couch I'm jumping around I bashed my hand off the fucking ceiling fan and I couldn't give one less of a fuck but I will not lie, after 10 seconds of the most intense celebrating that I've had in over a decade, my heart dropped because I really and truly thought that goal was coming back for some reason. I just, I had that feeling, man, like I was, I was looking around, I was like, please don't fucking do this to me. Don't you fucking do this to us. And it didn't happen. Cooper didn't challenge it. Vasilevsky didn't bitch. The Tampa Bay Lightning didn't bitch. And it's over. The Leafs. The fucking Leafs, dude. The first time since they beat the Ottawa Senators, I was in grade four. I was in grade four, dude. I'm three schools changed by now. I'm 30 years old now. You do not know how long I have been waiting for this. Like, it. I know. I know from the outside, people that aren't Leaf fans, you're looking at us like, what are you guys celebrating about? You just won the first round. It's nothing. I realize that, but you don't understand. If you're not a Leaf fan, then you do, just don't understand the scrutiny that we have gone through for so long. Everything comes back to the Leafs. All oh, the Leafs suck. All oh, the Leafs can't win this. Blah, 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 blah. And us Leaf fans have to deal with that. And fuck you if you think that we are over-celebrating. You have no clue then. You have absolutely no clue what we've gone through as a fan base, man. Like, I've been chirped by fucking weathermen. I've been chirped by random people in the streets. I took a vacation to Montreal. You better believe a Habs fan found me and started chirping me. Like, are you kidding me? Of course. We have been the laughing stock of the league for 20 plus years. We are still maybe even considered by some fan fan bases still the laughing stock because we haven't won a cup in way too fucking long. Well, So be it. So be it. But fuck it. I don't care, man. I am just happy that the Leafs are back on track finally. They have been horribly run for since the 70s. I mean, 
one day, I've been teasing it for a long time, one time, and maybe this summer in the offseason, we'll take a look at the Leafs' management and just why the team was so fucking terrible through the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, and early 2010s. But now is our fucking time, man. We made it through the second round. We're here. We're here. And oh my God, does it ever feel weird. I mean, for at least 48 hours, every hour or two, it would kind of hit me again, like, Holy shit. Holy shit. We're in the second goddamn round. Like, oh my God, this is insane. And before we go on to the Florida Toronto Maple Leaf round two series, let's go back and revisit the Boston Bruins in one of the most epic collapses I have ever got to witness. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this. Bruins fans, sit down, shut up. This is your turn. Welcome to the choking of round one, motherfuckers. All right, let's dive into this. Game five. Boston ties it up in the third, then Allmark goes to play the puck in overtime, and Maddie Kachuk makes him pay. Oh, baby. So, a lot of people are upset about Allmark and the decision with Bruce Cassidy, or Monty, sorry, with not putting in Swayman before game seven. So... It came out that Allmark has been playing with a uh, debilitating uh, de- injury. Yeah, let's throw him in that. Let's keep him in there. Great job, Monty. Love it. Thank you for that. So, Allmark's been playing hurt, not playing well. He's been, I mean, he has been playing, he played not good, man, in that series. Played terrible. Not looking like Allmark out of the regular season. And that was the question coming into the series. Allmark, an unproven playoff goaltender. Swayman, an unproven playoff goaltender. But I don't think the goaltending was even the biggest problem with the Bruins. I didn't watch the Bruins this season. The only games that I watched of the Bruins were when they were playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they looked... The first time they played the Leafs, they were really bad because that was right after that controversy of that kid that they signed. The second time, all the other times, much more Bruin-like. But Jesus, what the fuck was that, Boston? Oh my goodness. Like, Game 7 in particular, like, I was shocked at how horribly the Bruins were playing. Couldn't make a pass to save their lives. I don't, I don't know what the hell that was, man. Like... I was shocked to see the Bruins play that way. It was like, I don't know what team that was. I don't know where the Bruins went when the playoffs started, but that was not the Bruins, man. And there's a lot behind this. So, I mean, Bergeron is down uh, for the beginning of the series. They win, I think, three out of the four games without him. And then Bergeron comes back in. And they lose all three with him in the lineup. Like, who would have thought that? I would never have thought that. I thought maybe it'd be the other way around. Without Bergeron, maybe they lose three. And then with Bergeron, they come back and win four or something. But no, it was the complete opposite. And all I can say is that Bergeron was definitely dealing with an injury. We all know that he uh, he suffered an injury in Game 82, which was a big old controversy. But... I mean, it was it was Patrice Bergeron's final game in Montreal. He wanted to play in front of his sick father, so like I'm not going to blame him for that decision. I mean, it's 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 I would have done the same freaking thing. So I'm not going to put any of this on Patrice Bergeron. I mean, it's it's extremely unfortunate. It's the risk that you take every every time you strap on the skates and you hit the ice. But 
Jesus, man, I, I really, I am very shocked. Like, I'm pleasantly, I'm very happy at the same time, but I'm shocked because, like, I did. I wanted the Leafs to play Boston in the second round. No offense to Florida. I'm not saying either team is better or worse than the other one. I just, I wanted that for storyline purposes. Like, for people to fully shut up about it, the Leafs got to get through Boston. Like, that's still going to be the thing. Oh, they can't beat Boston. Oh, they haven't beaten Boston yet. It's like, well, we haven't had our opportunity. You guys fucked up. So that's your fault. Um, but, oh my God, dude. Like, ah. Uh, so I'll mark with that horrible giveaway. I mean, did they not do that last year? No, that was um, that was Washington. But, dude, uh, game six starts. Maurice... Coach's challenge on a hand pass, and it's successful. And I thought right there that was going to be the TSN turning point. Da-na-na, da-na-na. Nope. Like, 87 goals get scored after that. It just became a goal-scoring spree, and that's where I really started seeing, like, I was like, what the fuck are the Bruins doing? Like, they are not playing their game right now. They're giving the puck away. Everything is going into the net right now. Bobrovsky is not even playing well, and he's still out-dueling the Boston Bruins like it's it's incredible I I couldn't fucking believe this and the Panthers pull it off they get they get the win in game six I couldn't believe it that game was insane I think it was seven to five that game like again I'm just I can't can't stress how shocked I was uh, from the series and then game seven happens Jeremy Swayman gets put in net I was like okay cool that's that's good and honest to god y'all I thought the Bruins were gonna win this I thought the Bruins were gonna get it um, I, I just, oh my God, absolutely blown away. So Jeremy Swayman in net, Florida ties the game up. So this is the funnest part. So Florida's up for pretty much the whole game. Third period happens. The Bruins get their legs underneath them. They get back into the game. They even get the lead and the crowd is celebrating. Even though there's like nine minutes left in the game, they're celebrating in the crowd. Oh, singing some shipping up the Boston, having a good old time, right? No. Then the Panthers tie it up with 50 seconds left. Oh, and oh, buddy, we're going to overtime. And the second that overtime happened, I my jaw hit the ground. That might have been the worst hockey I have ever seen out of the Bruins, out of maybe any team. What the literal fuck was that shit, Boston? Florida was all over them, dude. Like, every pass that the Bruins tried to make, picking that shit off, they're coming back down with, like, really good scoring chances in that overtime, man. Like, Swayman, I thought for a hot second there, I was like, oh, shit, like, Swayman might steal this for them. Like, he is making outrageous saves right now. I'm like, watch, Bruins are going to come down. They're going to get one lucky shot, and it's going in. And it didn't happen. It didn't fucking happen, dude. Verhage left alone in front, just fucking rips a doodle. Top cheese. Swayman, no chance. Completely screened. Florida wins. Wow. The Boston crowd stunned, silenced. And my, ah, I might have celebrated for this right here more than I celebrated for the Leafs victory. And I really don't know why, because honest to God, man, the Bruins fans have been pretty respectful about all this, man. They honestly have been. It's not the fans that I don't like. It's the organization of the Bruins that I don't like. I don't like their organization. I love Patrice Bergeron. I think he's an incredible player. I have nothing but the utmost respect for that player, Brad Marchant. And then there's other players on the team that I like. I mean, 
Krejci is a pretty cool guy. I was a fan of Tuka Rask. I felt like I really just didn't like the way that the Bruins fans treated Tuka Rask uh, while he was there. I mean, if you guys hated him so much, you know, you could have sent him back to Toronto. We would have loved him. But, yeah, I mean, I mean the Bruins are fucking out. They they just burned. I mean, what what was supposed to be one of the greatest seasons in Bruins history, and it was a season that was going to be held in such high regard for every Bruins fan, is now a nightmare, a traumatic situation that people are going to have to go to therapy for to try and just forget what the fuck happened, because that regular season that you just had, that that record-breaking season you just had, who gives a literal fuck? And I think that is going to be the thing that comes out of the Bruins players themselves. After a fucking disgraceful, embarrassing loss like that in the first round, after a season that incredible, how can you, how can, who, who gives a fuck about that season that the Bruins just had, man? The last dance... Up in flames, Bergeron's Dunyan rings. I mean, after that was the saddest part, though, bro. I oh, I got a little choked up seeing that, and I didn't want to be choked up. I wanted to be celebrating the Bruins collapsing finally again. But when the I have to give respect again to the players of the Bruins, like stopping and hugging Patrice Bergeron one by one, each one of them having a message for him. That's fucking class, right there, man. That is classy. So. A, 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 a round of applause for the Bruins players and especially Patrice Bergeron if this is it man great career first ballot Hall of Famer all the way you got your Stanley Cup yeah maybe it would have been nice if you got two or three or whatever you got 4,000 Selkies and you got the respect of every single NHL player that has ever played with you because you are you are one of the most just inspiring, uh, just amazing players, man. The dude is a battler, an incredible captain, an incredible guy. Like, not only on the ice, off the ice, you hear tons of amazing things that that guy has done. And, I mean, just a quality guy on the ice, on and off the ice. I'm really going to miss um, having that guy in the league if that is officially it. But if that's it, again, congratulations, Bergeron, on a fantastic career. It's been a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. And also a traumatic situation watching you slaughter the Leafs your whole entire career but thanks for that Bergeron thanks for all the beautiful memories Uh, thank you my therapist thanks you so the Bruins blew it so what's next for the Bruins I mean uh it's probably not going to be very great I have the funny suspicion that the Bruins are going to win the Stanley Cup next year because that's just kind of how that shit goes down if you have a I mean, you got to have traumatic losses to win. I mean, look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. They had a very similar season to this. They had a President's Trophy winning season, dominated the league, swept by Columbus in the first round. Then after that, that sits in their head all summer long. They're pissed, they're motivated, they're angry, and then they come back and they win two cups. So... I don't think, I mean, the boat isn't necessarily the same for for Boston. That's a completely different team. I mean, you got a lot of older guys that are more than likely going to be retired. Uh, They don't have very much cap space uh, going into next season. I think they got like $10 million, and I don't know if that does or does not include the bonuses of Bergeron and Krejci and all that stuff. So next year, at least on paper, looks to be it's going to be a rough season for the Bruins, but... 
I mean, honestly, I I think they're going to bounce back, man. I think they're going to bounce back after that. And that's going to be the talk all summer long is how the Bruins fucked up. Oh, how the Bruins fucked up. How Monty fucked up. How this guy and that guy fucked up. And, and how the big guys didn't really come to perform. I mean, yeah, Bergeron didn't really play that good with the injuries. He was minus six. Uh, Marchand had a lot of points, but he was I think he was a minus six as well. Bertuzzi was fantastic. I mean, wow, what a fucking pickup. Orlov was fantastic. A lot of their pickups at the trade deadline played really, really well. Taylor Hall looked like he was like playing like the New Jersey Devil heart-winning Taylor Hall again. He looked great. I'm kind of sad for him because that dude has had a really, really rough career and he just he just wants to win and he's such he's such a born winner and it just hasn't happened for him in the NHL and like yeah, just really weird for Taylor Hall, but I mean, fuck, dude. The the goaltending just wasn't there. The passing was atrocious. Like, I don't know uh, what... I don't know, man. Like, it sounded like Monty just didn't make the proper adjustments. And they got fucking... They got taken down, man. Like, it's... It's amazing. It's kind of amazing. It's not the only upset of the series of this uh, first round, but it is definitely the biggest. Definitely the biggest upset of this series. I see the Kraken and the abs over there, but no. No, 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 no. Boston getting taken down like this by Florida. That is embarrassing. But, I mean, Bruins fans out there, I mean, you got a cup in 11. I mean, you got that, right? So, I mean, everyone has to go through some shitty times. I know you guys have had your fair share of shitty times as well. I mean, we remember the 2010 playoffs where you had the 3-0 three, three lead over Philadelphia. They came back and beat you in seven. Hey, you know, traumatic losses leads to Stanley Cups. What happened, Bruins, the next year? That's right, you won the cup. So, I mean, it's probably not the same situation, but I'm just going to throw that out there for Bruins fans to maybe make you feel better. So, maybe there's a good bounce back for you guys next year. Maybe the pressure won't be so high, and the expectations going into the playoffs won't be so astronomical. I mean, I'm not going to say that I saw this coming, uh, because I had the Bruins going to the finals. I mean, I didn't have them winning, but I had them going to the finals, but... I mean, so many times people bring up that stat, man. How many President's Trophy teams go on to do major damage in the playoffs? It's extremely rare. It's extremely rare. More rare for them to go down in the first round. So, um, (laughs) ouch. Uh, Sorry about that. I'm just going to twist the knife a little bit more there for you Bruins fans. So, I think I'm done with the Bruins. I mean... (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. All right, let's go back. Let's go back to all the other first-round series. Let's go back to the Stars and the Wild. So Stars take down the Wild pretty convincingly, I would say. I mean, they shut those guys down really good. Kaprasov was really a non-factor in that series. I mean, Zuccarello had a pretty good time. That decision to put in Marc-Andre Fleury at the beginning, I mean, people can look at that and maybe call that the turning point of the series. But all in all, I mean, the way that Dallas has been was clicking in that series. They found their offense. They're a really fucking good team, man. And um, I had Dallas winning in six. They did it, and that's good. I mean, I'm sorry for Minnesota. I mean, I really like your team. I like. Um, I love that Bill Guerin's behind that team. You guys are pesky. You don't give up, and I have a lot of respect for teams like that. I mean, Ryan Hartman had a horrible regular season, but he stepped up in the playoffs. But I mean, Gustafson, man. So it's going to be a really interesting year for um, 
offseason for the Minnesota Wild. I mean, Matt Dumba coming out saying that he wants to remain in Minnesota. That's that's great and dandy. You're probably going to have to take a pay cut if that's going to be the case. And uh, we'll see what happens with Matt Dumba, man. I mean, it, it would be weird to see him anywhere else, but I don't know. Uh, he had a really, it was an up and down off season or a regular season, but the playoffs, man, he played really fucking good. I have to say he was really good out there. Um, I'm just, it's, it was just a bad matchup, man. I just think Dallas on paper just kind of had you guys kind of had you guys beat up and down the lineup. I mean, Rupe Heinz, what a, what a fucking series from him. Tyler Sagan, he stepped up in the absence of Joe Pavelski and we'll talk about Joe Pavelski in a little bit, but Tyler Sagan stepped up. I mean, Heiskanen had a good series. I felt like Ryan Suter was, like, really a fucking pain in the ass in that series. He seemed to always be involved in all the scrums and stuff. So, really, uh, pretty decent series right there. I'm not going to I'm not gonna uh, lie and say that I watched this series a lot. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of this one. But um, when I watched it, it was pretty good. It was nice to see Dallas. I'm a big old fan of Jake Ottinger. Looked like he was starting to find his game later on into that series. So, good for the Dallas Stars. They're looking really strong right now. They are going off to play... Who the fuck are they playing now? Seattle? Yes. Yes, Seattle. Okay. So, we'll move on now to the Oilers and the... Los Angeles Kings, game six was absolutely fucking nanners. So much scoring. Skinner with the horrible giveaway in that game, man. Deneau ties the game. Doesn't matter. Oilers get a goal late, and they eliminate the Los Angeles Kings. So this one was a little bit scary. I know a lot of people were kind of hoping that Los Angeles would get the upset right here. I I had Edmonton winning this one. I think I said in seven on my piece of paper here. It says six, but if I said seven, fine, seven. But I had Edmonton winning, and they did. I mean, what can I say about Leon Dreisaitl? I mean, holy shit. What a freaking performance out of that guy. Like, McDavid who? Not really, though, because McDavid had a really good series, too. But by far, Dreisaitl was the MVP of that series. He was excellent. Bouchard, man. Oh my god, dude. That guy's shot is so freaking lethal. I love it. Vander Kane was getting in there. My boy Zachy Hyman having a good series. Hell yeah, man. It was a it was a fun series. It was a it was a really fun series. Me personally, I I would loved it to go to 7 because it was a fucking awesome series and it was two really good teams. Sadly, one of them had to go down. Both of these teams I had as uh, LA I had as my dark horse cup winner like if LA got through Edmonton I would say that they'd be going on to the finals because they just have a really good team but it looks like Corpus Allo kind of fell apart there at the end they, he started giving up a lot more goals and hopefully I mean hopefully LA is going to be able to keep Corpus Allo. I know he's up at the at the end of this season so hopefully they're going to be able to get him back because Oh man, if LA can have Corpus Allo for a full season with some good average, maybe a little bit above average goaltending, LA is going to be a problem next year. So I have my eyes set on the on the Los Angeles Kings. I just think I just think this time you just ran into Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel and those dudes. That team is on a mission right now. Klim Costing, what the fuck, dude? What a series from that guy. Wow. These these are the fun ones. This is what I love about the playoffs when like a bottom six guy or maybe a guy that they picked up in a, in a minor trade that you didn't think anything of and then they just explode and have this fantastic performance in the playoffs I love that and Klim Costing is one of those guys he is just rolling right now for the Edmonton Oilers and they are going off to play the Vegas Golden Knights that is going on tonight that should be a fucking 
awesome series, and one of the coolest things about that, it's going to be McDavid versus Jack Eichel. Finally, we get to see Jack Eichel going up against Connor McDavid, the guys that were selected in the same draft together, one and two. So that's going to be really fun. And hey, Vegas, if you scratch Phil Kessel one more time, I am going to fucking fly down there, and I'm going to beat your ass. Put Phil Kessel on the ice. Anyway, so that's going to be a really fun series. And that was a great series from Los Angeles. And Edmonton might have been my favorite series overall. If I'm taking Toronto out of the equation, yeah, that was a really fucking fun series. Another fun series, though. Um, let's just skip it. We'll go. We'll, we'll pass that one. We'll go straight to the Kraken and the Avs because, oh, my God, what is up, Seattle? Oh, Baby, that is awesome. Congratulations right there. What a win. What a win. Taking down the, the defending Stanley Cup champions. And I don't give a shit what people say. Oh, oh, the Avs weren't the Avs. They were injured. Blah, 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 blah. Wins are wins. It doesn't matter. They won. And they had the killer instinct to attack that abs team that was hurt they didn't have their captain they didn't have mccarr for a game nachushkin just disappeared what the fuck is going on with that guy dude like i don't i don't have any of the specifics but it sounds super super sketchy like it sounds so sketchy man i don't know what the hell is going on nachushkin just left the team Apparently, there's some drunk girl in his hotel room. This man is married, and that's where I'm going to leave it. We'll probably find out some more in a little bit here, but that was strange, man. Very strange, and it had to be something serious, man, because those were two do-or-die games that he got taken out of. Like, game six and seven, he wasn't there. He was dealing with some really weird shady shit so if you've heard what's been going on with that i haven't heard anything official so um let me know if you've heard anything about that but back to the series so yes the avalanche were hurt and they were dealing with a ton of injuries i think they said they had like well over 400 man games lost in the entire season which is outrageous i mean it happens and it's kind of expected after you um you had a stanley cup run i mean they they had a big long off season big old run with the stanley cup and then it's just been injuries ever since off season turnover you got no more cadre so you're losing a lot of that depth and it definitely showed in this series man because that was kind of the major factor between these two teams the avalanche they're yeah they got the superstars you got your mckinnons you got your mccars something that the the Kraken do not have. They don't have the superstars, but what the Kraken have that the Avalanche don't have is ridiculous. And I'm talking ridiculous depth. Kraken, they may not have a superstar, but they attack you. They have a four-line team that is quite possibly the most deadly four-line team that I've seen in quite a long time because every single line's got scores on it. Every single line, I would say, is, is a top tier third line good second line and they just come at you in waves wave after wave after wave and I've heard it from every team that has played them this year they are not an easy team to play because they just don't stop there is not there's no break there's no fourth line that comes out and they're just trying to chip it in no 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 it is a constant forecheck it is constant pressure they got specialized players like Sprong and Tovlin Tov, what's his name Tovlin 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 whatever that guy 
specialized on power play scoring. You got just scoring by committee on that team. They got a whole bunch, like over 10 players with a goal. Like, it's crazy, man. They got just outrageous depth. And then I did not see this one coming, but Grubauer. Grubauer. Of all the goaltenders going into the playoffs, Grubauer is one of the better ones. What fucking dimension are we in right now, bro? Like, where am I? Okay, seriously, am I going to wake up right now? Like, has this been a crazy dream or is it going to happen? I don't know, dude. This is crazy. But Grubauer played good. He played really good. Like, I watched that game seven, dude. That guy was making some 10 bell saves. I couldn't believe it. And if you follow around with this podcast, you might know that I hate, hate Grubauer. I hate that fucker because I drafted him last year and he was god-awful. He ruined my whole entire fantasy season. But here he is. He's showing up in the playoffs, which again is really weird because he's never been a playoff goalie. I mean, he was okay. he was fine with the Avs. He was he he was really good. He got the Capitals into the playoffs, but then when he got into the playoffs, he was terrible. He got his job instantly taken by Holtby. So this is really strange for me to see Grubauer playing A, good, and B, good in the playoffs. So, I mean, good for him. That's great. I'm, I'm never going to be upset when a guy gets his game back. I mean, I never want to see a guy lose his game and then never find it again. I mean, it's so much better when if a guy loses his game and he finds it again. God, that's nice. I mean, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn this year, two guys that maybe people thought were done and over the hill. Jamie Benn, what a fucking season he had. And then Tyler Sagan's lighting up in the playoffs. Awesome. So the game, what was that? Was it game seven? Yeah, it was game seven. Uh, wow, what a what a fucking crazy game, man. I mean, so Makar was back into game seven or uh, game six. The Abs forced a game seven. That was a fine game, and we'll talk. I'll talk about the Cogliano thing. So. Cogliano had his neck broken, if you didn't know. So his neck got broken. I believe it was a C5, something like that fracture. His neck is broken. He got his neck broken by Jordan Eberle. Now, Jordan Eberle, not a dirty player, Does ha- has zero history of being a dirty player, no fines, nothing like that. I don't. I think it was a terrible, horrible accident and all that stuff, but I, I think he still probably should have been disciplined, man. Like... Cogliano, I know he's not a superstar or anything, but that that is a roster player. That is a human being that has neck broken. And it was a bad, it was an ugly looking hit, man. So I, I think Jordan Eberle probably should have gotten a suspension for that or or something. I don't even know if he got a call on that play, man. But very, very, very scary. If you watched the hit, you probably know what I'm talking about. Like you never want to see someone's neck uh, move that way, so I'm just, I'm hoping that Cogliano is going to be okay, um, still reports coming out, he has to go get reevaluated and stuff, but fuck man, I, I hope he's going to be okay, and, uh, very scary situation, something you never want to see happen on the ice, but yeah, so, that happened, it was definitely a controversy that happened, and it's extremely unfortunate, it's a, it's hockey, I mean, it's a dangerous sport, stuff like this will happen, but, I don't know how I feel about Jordan Eberle not getting disciplined at all through that. So I'm curious what you guys think about that. I know um, I know the Avalanche fans are very upset with him every time Eberle would touch the puck, getting a big old boo from the crowd. I mean, it is what it is. I understand. And then Game 7 happens, man. And the Kraken fucking did it, man. I mean... Colorado, I will say, uh, they had that goal taken back on Lekkonen. It was offside by 100 miles. It was the right call. 
it was deflating. It absolutely deflated that team. Uh, absolutely, without question. But an incredible performance from Grubauer. Like I said, he made some excellent saves in that game, man. Like, some of those saves were out of control. And Bjorkstrand, what the fuck, dude? This dude could have had 27 goals in that game. He hit every time he took a shot. It was beating the goalie, but it just wasn't always beating the post. He had two goals. Excellent. Wow, what a game. And he had no goals going into that game. Boom, he explodes in game seven. Wow. That game was sick, dude. That was a fun game. I mean, I feel really bad for the Avs fans. I Well, not... I can't feel too bad because you guys just won a Stanley Cup. But that hurts. I mean, you don't want to go down in the first round after you won the Stanley Cup. But honestly, y'all have a ton of very liable excuses. I mean, the turnover of the team, the immense amount of injuries, not having your captain... You know, I mean, I'm not good. I'm not saying that this is disappointing. I'm not even calling this necessarily an upset. Like, I think people just weren't putting enough respect on the Kraken, myself included. I had Colorado in five, so I, I clearly didn't have the fit. And that is that is not because of the team. That's not because of the players. That was strictly because of Grubauer. I had zero faith in Grubauer going into the series, and he proved me wrong. He shut me up. So good for Grubauer. Congratulations to the Kraken. What a fucking win. And that's the first time that's ever happened. A team that's their first uh, appearance in the playoffs, they take out the Stanley Cup champions in the first round. So more history being made this week. And we'll finish off with the Golden Knights and the Jets. I mean, pretty ugly uh, way for the Jets to go out there, man. It was, uh, it was a pretty big old whimper right there. They pretty much got dominated uh, in, in that series. Um, it's... More the the story isn't so much about the Winnipeg Jets losing. It's more about uh, the coach and Blake Wheeler and the players right now because some really um, I don't know some quite upset some maybe some angry words were shared between the coach and the players and the in the media. So we'll talk about that. But I mean, Jets had a lot of injuries. They had no Shifley. They had no um, no Morrissey. So they were dealing with some major injuries. It just, just, I mean, I didn't really have a lot of faith with Winnipeg going in because they just played so bad the last two months going into the playoffs. I mean, I had it going to seven just because I expected Hellebuck to maybe steal a couple games and Hellebuck was fine, but yeah, he didn't, he wasn't like the world beater that people expect him to be, but he's only one guy, man. So I'm not putting any blame whatsoever on, on Hellebuck. He, he did his job. He did the best that he could, but the the blame is going to start going on some of these players, man. I think Blake Wheeler especially has a lot to answer for. So the coach, bonus, he comes out. He says he's absolutely disgusted by the effort. He's he's very, very upset. And rightfully so. Absolutely so. Absolutely. If you watch those games, yeah, there was zero effort from the, from the Jets. They gave up. They gave up. They flat out gave up. And bonus called them out on it. He called them out in front of the media, which, I mean, yeah. That's cool. And it's also come out that Bonus is going to be sticking around as the coach. He ain't going anywhere. So it sounds like some other people are going to be going places. So Blake Wheeler decides he's going to come out and he says like, oh, I don't think that he should have come out and said that to the media. He could have had that behind closed doors with the team. And he says that he felt that they were ready and all that shit. It just, you know, uh, this has been something that's been going on with Blake Wheeler for a long time. He got stripped of the captaincy this year. And when you listen to the quotes and you listen to what he said in that interview, 
absolutely justified, I would say. That is not a guy you want leading your team. Someone who thinks that that effort was okay, and you, you think that effort was everything that you have, bullshit. So I am 100% on the side of bonus right now. Good for him calling out his team for that piss-poor effort because that was dog shit. And he he clearly was holding on to this for quite some time. Like, he was the co- he watched their team whittle away during the last couple months just playing like shit. And he called them out for it. He was And, and even the interviewer was like, it seems like you've been holding on to this for quite some time. He's like, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be an extremely interesting offseason for the Jets. Who's staying, who's going, I have no idea, but I think major changes are on the way for the Jets. I think Blake Wheeler is bye-bye, gotta get that guy out of here. Whatever that guy's bringing to the locker room culture is bad. Bad news, man, bad news. And whenever it all comes out and we get to actually know what the fuck has been going on in that locker room since since their really good run when they got taken out by the Golden Knights in the third round, when they arguably should have won the cup that year, Ever since then, they have not been the Winnipeg Jets, man. It's been a steady decline into mediocrity, and it it sucks, man. I'm a big old fan of the Jets, and I I want them to do well. I love Kyle Connor. I think Shifley's a fun little player, and Hellebuck is one of of my favorite goalies. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the Jets do this offseason. I think it's going to be big changes, and I think they're needed, man. I think it's been uh, big changes, big locker room changes. A whole culture shift needs to happen with Winnipeg because right now their effort game to game just ain't there, and there's I don't I can't tell you what it is. I don't know who's on what side of the locker room, who's on Team Blake Wheeler, who's on Team whatever. All we know is that there's something wrong there, and it's it's got to get fixed. And I hope it gets fixed this offseason. What do you think the Jets are going to do? Okay, so we'll go on to the Canes and the Islanders series. Don't really have too much to say about this one. The Islanders, are, uh, they're eliminated in six games. Uh, fantastic series from Sebastian Ajo. Anti Ranta was good, even though they got Freddie Anderson in there in um, the last game, I believe it was, and he played really good. So I don't know if they're going to be going on with Freddie Anderson for the remainder, but I mean, a lot of talk is going on to Bo Horvat right now, and I think that's not fair. Um, I don't think uh, they put Bo-, Bo Horvat in the position that he should have been put into to succeed. What he was doing in Vancouver that was working really well for him was be- uh, him being thrown in front of the net. He was really good at tipping shots, really good at battling in front of the net and getting rebound goals, stuff like that. And that's not how they were utilizing him in in um, in New York. So the goals weren't there for him because, like I said, they weren't using him in a way that is going to get him a lot of goals. They were utilizing him for his other things, like his excellent face-off abilities, his excellent defensive abilities. But um, we'll see how it goes with the Islanders in the future. I don't see it being very good for them. Uh, it's an old team that's only getting older. You got a old GM who's only getting older and more out of touch. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Islanders are going to do. The best thing that I can say with the Islanders is you have Sorokin back there. As long as you have Sorokin back there, I'd say you guys are generally always going to be in a playoff hunt. I don't know how how guaranteed you're going to be in there, but with Sorokin back there, I'd always feel pretty good about it. But um, yeah, there's a lot of work with that team, man. There's... um, I don't know. I think they got to try and change some things over there. I, I, they tried it a little bit this year where they tried to get more offense, but then it, I don't know. It just, something's got to give over there. 
We'll see how it goes with the Islanders. Honestly, was not very interested in this series whatsoever. Two teams, I'm not really into their play style. I respect both teams very highly. I uh, it's just there's if there's other games on, I'm gonna watch other games. Okay, so that was that series. Who else we got? New York and New Jersey. Oh my god, did this series ever fucking turn 360 on me? Rangers were all over it in the first two games, and then switch is flipped. Enter Akira Schmid, and it's a totally new series. Like, wow. uh, Devils come back and win three straight. Rangers manage to get the win in game six and force it to game seven. And then game seven goes down. Akira Schmid, baby, with two shutouts. He shuts them out again. Wow. So props. Props to the New Jersey Devils right there. I think they did an excellent job shutting down uh the big stars on on the on on the little on the rangers man panarin invisible patrick kane mostly invisible Kreider invisible after the first two games trocheck uh whatever i mean oh my god before uh, while i got it on my mind that fucking hit from truba i forget who he hit oh it was um it was timo meyer that was some of the that was horrifying that was absolutely horrifying man like oh i can't believe i thought i just saw paul korea like version two i thought i just saw a man die on the ice again like that hit was so fucking vicious like truba well-known headhunter head just destroyer i don't think he was picking the head here but he was 1000 percent going for a murderer hit and he murdered timo meyer man absolutely like, he goes at him with the shoulder, but it catches all face, man. Like, watch it in, sh- in slow motion. Timo Meyer's face gets fucking smushed like a pancake. Hard to watch. He goes down and he ain't moving. Thankfully, I think he's fine. But that was fucking scary, man. Like, I saw that coming and I was like, oh, God. And then it happened. I was like, oh, my God. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. And he was dead for a second there. But, oh, my God, man. So... Oh, we got to see that big fucking scary Truba hit. We knew that was coming, but fucking wow, man. What, like I said, what a performance from the Devils. Like, what resilience. What what a comeback. I mean, going down 2-0, losing both games in, on, on home ice, and, and to come back and win three. I mean, wow. What a job by the Devils. I under I underestimated them. I had, I had New York in seven. Uh, the only reason why I picked New York was Shesterkin, and I felt like New York had more experience, but... New Jersey, you shut me up. Great job. Nico Hiche, I mean, nominated for the Frank J. Selkie, and it well-deserved, man. That guy is fucking good. Jack Hughes, he didn't have the most points out there, but he was he was flying out there. I mean, Jesper Bratt, we got to get that guy going a little bit. And Timo Meyer, come on, dog. Hopefully that hit might have rattled the offense into that guy because I don't think he – I think he had one point in that series, and that's – Definitely not what New Jersey was looking for when they acquired that guy. But I mean, we 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 have to say the MVP without a doubt is Akira Schmid, right? I mean, wow, two shutouts. He played excellent. I mean, who is this fucking guy? Like, where did he come from? I love when this happens. But wow, what a performance out of Schmid! Great performance from the Devils. Extremely impressed. The Rangers. What happened? What happened? You got Patrick Kane. You got all the big stars. You brought them all over. And that? That's what you got? What the hell was that? I mean, Kreider. Like, 
what, he score five goals on the power play and then nothing? Like, wow, I've never seen that team dried up like a nun's cunt, as Biz would say. Like, that was rough, man. And Shesterkin wasn't the all-world beater. He definitely wasn't bad. I wouldn't say that he was bad or anything, but he wasn't stealing games necessarily for the Rangers. And, I mean, the Rangers just got shut down, man. Like, Panarin was completely invisible, like... Yeah, it was it was a fucking well done series by the by the Devils and I'm looking looking for I don't know, I mean they're going to play Carolina. It should be a really fast series. I hope there's going to be some goals being scored in there. I feel like it could get shut down a little bit, but hoping that it breaks out a little bit there for that series. So that is that's all the first round series. What did you guys think of the first round series? I thought it was fucking phenomenal. We got two pretty big upsets. I mean, Boston getting taken out, that's huge. Uh, what's the other team that got taken out that was big? Blah, 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 blah. Colorado, yeah, that's the big one. And I guess the Rangers maybe in a way was a bit of an upset, but I don't think so. I had that one going to seven as well. I didn't have the only series that I had going only to five games was Colorado and Seattle. That ended up going seven as well. I thought it was an excellent first round of hockey. Really, really enjoyed it. And especially because my Leafs are going on to the second round, that really adds in a, a lot of extra special happiness and the Bruins blew it. So this has been a fantastic playoffs for me, man. I'm extremely happy. So let's dive into the second round. Let's talk about some of these series. So we got the Toronto Maple Leafs going up against the Florida Panthers. Game one happened last night and they lost. So it is what it is. The The Leafs lost that game. Florida getting on the board first in the series, and um, I mean Matthew Nyes gets on the board. He scores his first goal of the of his NHL career, but he accidentally scored it on his own net. So that sucks, but it's all good. They go back to the faceoff. Matthew Kachuk chirping Matthew Nyes a little bit. He shakes that bullshit off, goes down and scores one of the nicest goals I have ever seen. Wow, I exploded for that goal, Matthew Nyes. On the board, first goal of the series, first goal of his career, and what a beauty. Too bad, too bad we didn't get the the victory in this. Uh, Florida comes back, Montour, with the big ol' insurance marker. Some contact made on that goal there between Sammy. Uh, Sheldon Keefe decides not to challenge it. I, It's a tough call, man. I mean, Sammy was kind of far out of his net. It looked like the puck was already in by time that knee touched his face, so... I don't know, man. It was up in the air. If he, it, it seemed like everyone was convinced that it wouldn't have gone Toronto's way. The commentator said it probably wouldn't go his way, and then you'd be down on the power play or penalty kill again. So you pretty much end the game right there. So I understand why he did it. Uh, I, I really couldn't tell you, man. Like I have no idea what the fuck goaltender interference is. So your guess is as good as mine as what would have happened there if he did challenge it. And there were some big fucking hits in this game, man. Oh, my God. Luke Shen laying out Matty Kachuk. McCabe laying out Kachuk. That was fucking awesome. Uh, I think Matthew Nyes got laid out there uh, a little bit. But it was, a, it was a fun game, man. Like, the beginning, fast-paced, lots of back-and-forth action. Pretty good. That Brandon Montour, man. Oh, my God. Where did this guy come from? I love him because he was literally my final pick in my fantasy draft and he became like one of my best players so I've just been loving this dude all year he destroyed the Bruins he had a phenomenal series there and he's continuing it here against the Leafs like wow um I don't know what what happened how does this happen I mean Brandon Montour's like doubled his production over one year it's crazy 
they should just put him at forward. He's played forward. I believe when he was playing in Buffalo, they used him as a forward. So throw him up on forward. He'd probably make an incredible power forward or something. But incredible series, incredible playoffs for Brandon Montour right now. And Bobrovsky. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is Bobrovsky back? Are we? Uh, did we just unlock Vesna caliber Bobrovsky? Because he looked like Vesna Bobrovsky last night, man. He looked sharp. Sharp as attack right out of the fucking first whistle, man. He looked good. He looked really, really good. So that's making me nervous. I mean, that is a $10 million goaltender, two-time Vesna winner. He's got the talent, man. He's got the talent. He could definitely steal a game. I, I wouldn't say he necessarily stole it last night, but maybe he did. Maybe he did because he made a lot of really big saves out there. Matthews was all over the fucking place. Um, Tavares had some chances. I, it was good. I mean, Lilligren was in the lineup that made me happy. No haul, so that was good. I enjoyed that. Sammy looked Good for the most part, a little shaky at the beginning there, but he definitely settled in there. So I'm not going to put this one on Sammy at all, but um, I mean, it's the first game. So we're not going to panic just yet. It's only one game. They lose the next one. Now we're going to start panicking. You don't want to lose the first two at home, even though I think the Leafs are playing better on the road. Uh, you, you don't want to lose both at home. That's not good. So they got to they gotta get the split here. Uh, Panthers have already taken away the home ice advantage for the Leafs. I mean, doesn't really matter to me all that much, honestly. But, um, yeah, it was a good game. Um, definitely wanted the win there. But long series, I mean, we remember Tampa pumped the Leafs in the first game in the last series. So it's not over just yet. But um, definitely want to tighten up a bit more there. You got to be careful with uh, the turnovers against Florida because they're really good at counterattacking. I thought they did a pretty damn good job. Uh, I wouldn't say they shut him down completely, Matthew Kachuk, because I think he got three assists or whatever, but I think they did a pretty good job like trying to get him off of his game with the big hits and, and so on and so forth. But it's a long series. You know, Matthew Kachuk can, is going to more than likely get more and more involved as we go on. He's going to become more and more of a pest. But a decent series so far. I'm looking forward to more of these. Game uh, two is tomorrow. And then they fucking are going to skip Saturday and they're going to Sunday. What the hell? Oh, and I'll also mention this. Heard this on the radio yesterday. Uh, a little bit weird, but uh, I'll mention it. Uh, so the Florida Panthers, they are not selling tickets to Canadian fans. Uh, you have to have an American visa or shit like that. Good luck keeping the Leafs out of the Leaf fans out of that building. They're going to be in there, man. But I understand why Florida's doing it. You don't because like if they didn't, it would more than likely be like. 60, maybe even 70% Leaf fans in that building. And you don't want to see that, man. You don't want to be, you know, a Florida fan watching on TV and it looks like a fucking Leaf home game, right? So I understand why they're doing it, but you're not going to stop them. I mean, the Leaf fans are going to be there. They're going to be there. You're not going to stop them. So good luck. And uh, good on anyone who's going to spend that amount of money to go see the game. Not me. No way, Jose. I looked up. Uh, in the last series, I looked up Tampa Bay, just looked up nosebleed seats. I think they're like $500, like cheapest seats. So, nope, not going. Never will. All right. So, that is that series. We also have Dallas versus Seattle. And, oh, my God. Joe Pavelski, welcome back, bro. Oh, my God. 38 years old, four goals, motherfucker. The only thing that sucks is that they didn't get that win for Joe. Oh, my God, man. Like, Strap the fucking state of Dallas. Strap all of Texas onto the back of Joe Pavelski. I'm going to carry you motherfuckers through this series, maybe. We'll see. But the Kraken, and they, again, you can't 
count out the Kraken. They get the win again. They just keep winning, man. They just keep on winning. And it actually kind of looked like Dallas was in control of that game. And then out of nowhere, the Kraken score three goals in under one minute on Jake Ottinger. That is impressive. That is impressive. And then they were able to hold on to the win, man. Like, fucking right, Seattle. This is awesome. Like, I know I feel like the ratings for this series in particular, Dallas versus Seattle, is going to be abysmal. Like, I thought it was a really good first game. I'm, I am, I was, um, I was going to be a, I was going to be a big old fan of the Kraken when they came in. I was like, I don't want to miss the ship. I want to be there. I want to have fun with the new team. And then the whole Grubauer thing happened. So I was like, all right, I'm not a Kraken fan no more. But I like them, man. I think they're a really fun team. I love an underdog story. It's one of my favorite things in hockey is when a team that nobody believes in, they come in and make you believe. That's a, I love that story. And that's exactly what the Kraken are doing right now. Winning by committee. They're just getting it done. Very impressive. But the most impressive thing is Joe Pavelski. I mean, wow. Dude misses the whole first series and then just come back four goals immediately. Like, are you kidding me? stupidly impressive from Joe Pavelski and it's gonna be a fun series man I mean Dallas has a really they got a fucking good team man like top to bottom everything looks really good their forwards are producing their their defense is excellent Heskinen Heskinen I love that guy Ottman Ottinger he got beat last night so I'm expecting him to come back with fucking fire just shooting out of his eyes he is probably gonna try his best to get a shutout in the next game and Dallas is going to come back firing for sure in that series. I'm actually, I'm into this series. Very good. Uh, the one I'm looking the most forward to besides Toronto and uh, Florida, obviously, is Vegas and Edmonton. That is going to be such a fun series. Better get Phil Kessel in there right now. I'm going to be mad. Okay, so I think that is uh, everything in terms of the playoffs. I just got a couple of little bit of uh, news things here. And then I'll send you guys on your way packing and we'll be done. So... Very interesting piece of news coming out of Calgary. Did you hear about this? Do you know this? Have you heard of this? Daryl Sutter is out of here. He's fired. You're fired. So Daryl Sutter, done with him. He's out of here. I'm a little bit surprised because it really, really sounded like they were going to double down with Sutter because they have him locked up for another two years. They really sounded like they didn't want to have to pay him and another coach and all that shit. But it sounds like the players won, man, because there were the exit interviews started happening. And I'm not going to name any names because I don't know the names. But there were players saying that if this guy comes back, I ain't coming back. And I think that's all that needs to be said, man. And I think a picture is worth a thousand words. If you if you look at the picture of that bench and Sutter behind them just talking and the bench is completely disengaged, not listening to a single word that he is saying. And every face on that bench is miserable. Just miserable. And honestly, if, if I brought in that player, if I brought in Huberto, and he had a season like that, that coach is gone. I would have fired Sutter halfway through the season, honestly. I felt I felt they could have salvaged the season if they fired him midway or way earlier. I think I it was done, man. Like it's not that he's a bad coach, it's that he is bad with people. He is a bad people person. He treats people badly. He does not know how to deal with people. So 
The team has revolted. They had enough of his old man shit. Go back to the farm, go yell at a cow or something, and that's enough. So Daryl Sutter's expiry date has officially come up, and it's done. He's out of here, and I feel great. feel great about it. I don't know who they're going to bring in. One one coach that has uh, came up, I'm not saying he's going to get hired or anything, but Bruce Cassidy. Could you imagine? So you would go from the most unfriendly, mean son of a bitch coach in Daryl Sutter, and then you would go to the most friendly, player-friendly, players coach coach of all time in Bruce Cassidy. Would that not be fun? I think I think the the... The roster, the Calgary Flames, they would be over the moon for that. They would play their hearts out for Bruce for one year. For one year, and then we'll move on. Because, you know, um, I think that'd be really fun, man. I think I think it's time to bring in a player's coach for the Calgary Flames. It's time. you got to rotate that shit every now and again. If you're just going to bring in another mean, angry coach, I don't... Well, there's only one other coach that I can think of that's like meaner and angrier, and that is Tortorella. Maybe that happens. <laughs> I just, I just kind of blacked out there thinking about Tortorella becoming the Flames coach. That would be something. But um, maybe Bruce Cassidy, man, that would be a lot of fun. A players' coach coming in there. All you, you just, you got to get a coach that's going to get Huberto going. You cannot have Huberto on your team making that much money being miserable not having a good time and not getting points so we got to get here we getting points again got to get Uyghur back on the board you got to get Kadri back on the board get everybody back going so we got to you got to find something you got to get a goalie new goalie coach or something to figure out what the fuck is going on with that goaltending because with that defensive core and that goaltending tandem on paper what the fuck, man? That should be one of the most low-scoring, lowest goals against teams in the league. I mean, you look at that defense. It looks like they have all top four defensemen. You got Uyghur. Shillington will be back next season. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Hannafin. You got uh, others. You know, there's people there, damn it. There's... Uh... I was so disappointed in the Flames. So, thankfully, I'm very, very happy that Sitter is done because... Oh, it was going to be a really bad year again if they were going to do the Sutter thing again because it was just going to be a miserable team that would probably bottom out on purpose just to try and get that dude fired. And thankfully, we got ahead of it. Now, personally, I think it was way too late. Should have fired him way earlier. I was on that train for a while now. But it's it's finally here. The train arrived. Daryl Sutter's getting on. And get the fuck out of Calgary. See you later, pal. So that's good. What do you guys think? What do you think of Daryl Sutter's second tenure as Calgary Flames coach? Because he was here before. He was the coach back in 03-04 when they went to the Stanley Cup. So I understand that people probably remembered that and were like, oh, he brought us to the Cup back then. Maybe he can do it now. But, you know, that was 20 years ago. A lot of things change in 20 years. So it is what it is. So uh, thanks for your service, Daryl. And uh, best of luck on the next team that you make miserable. And the only other piece of news that I have right near... <laughs> right here is uh, related to the Ottawa Senators and apparently Snoop D-O-double-G Snoop Dogg has officially thrown his hat into the ring for the Ottawa Senators so he has joined uh, his own group uh, opposite to Ryan Reynolds in his group so it is officially becoming Ryan Reynolds versus Snoop Dogg 
for the ownership of the Ottawa Senators. Who to thunk it? I mean, I I am aware that Snoop Dogg is a hockey fan. Did not expect him to come over to the Canadian hockey side fan. I mean, that's that's cool. Personally, nothing against uh, D-O-double-G. I love Snoop Dogg. It should be Ryan Reynolds. He was here first. He's Canadian. Should be his. Sorry, Snoop. You can buy the Los Angeles Kings or something. That would be great. You're You're like their ambassador. So really interesting news. We still don't know. Who's bought the Ottawa Senators just yet? Apparently the price tag has now risen to about a billion dollars. So cool. That's awesome. Just, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting um, to see. Uh, why wouldn't you just join up with Ryan Reynolds' Snoop? Like, why do you got to do this to us? Don't make us decide between Snoop Dogg and Deadpool. That's not fair, man. And like, what? I mean... People say that, like, it's a very different audience, like the Snoop Dogg audience and the Ryan Reynolds. Hey, I like them both. I'm a fan of Snoop Dogg's music, and I'm a fan of Ryan Reynolds' movies. So, I don't know what y'all talking about. But, um, there you go, everybody. That is going to be the episode for today. Let me know what you think of the first round, and let me know who you got for the second round. Uh, like I said, man, my bracket is fucked, but I'm gonna pick Edmonton, Toronto, um... Hmm... I'll go with New Jersey, fuck it, they're fun, and, oh man, <laughs> I mean, the Kraken are a lot of fun, but Dallas, man, they got the Ott, man, they got so many cool players, <sighs> that's tough, man, who would I rather see, Edmonton or Kraken, I don't really care, man, it's a pick em for me on that one, I don't care who wins, that one is just a fun hockey series for me, so, I don't know, I'll go with Dallas, because there's more guys on that team that I'm a fan of, I guess, over the Kraken, but... I love an underdog story, so there you go. Those are going to be my selections for the second round. Can't wait for the fucking Vegas-Edmonton game tonight. Going to be watching the shit out of that. Um, I'm going to be on the mend right now. Like I said, I just got knee surgery, so I'm going to have a little bit of time off here, I think, from uh, work, so I'm going to be able to uh, maybe work on a couple of extra things with some time off, so I'm looking really uh, excited and forward to that. Uh, This week on the GamerCast, I believe I'm going to be doing Yakuza, uh, old uh, franchise from uh, the PS2 era, playing the remake of that. So I should be doing an episode of that on Monday. Saturday will be your wrestling recap show, as always. So be on the lookout for all that stuff. Make sure you're following along, liking the podcast. You can follow on Twitter and all that great stuff. If you want to be up to date with all the most up-to-date announcements and all that great stuff, if you want to leave me a message, uh, send in any questions for the podcast related to hockey, video games, or wrestling, be my guest. I would love for you to send in questions to me. I'll answer them live on the podcast. Mention your name and all that great stuff. If you don't want that, just send me a private message just and we can just have our own private conversation. That's absolutely fine with me. So there we go, everybody. As always, enjoy the rest of your week. I know it is the hump hump day, but uh, you're almost there, baby. You're getting so close, so close to the weekend. And when you get to the weekend, there's going to be some fun second round playoff hockey for you waiting. And there's always going to be some videos on the YouTube channel, Gamer GX videos, if you want to go over there and watch me play Resident Evil 8 Village. I'm doing that right now over there. So be my guest. Again, links are all down there below. Enjoy your week, everybody. And as always, go Leafs, go. And the Bruins blew it. Ah! Ah!